in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Oh, and welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. This week's Wednesday episode was about white feminism and girl boss capitalism with journalist Koa Beck. It was an incredible interview. 
Go check it out right now. I learned so much and Koa is brilliant. On today's episode, we're going to cover Discord comments about our Corporate Pride episode, an email about feminist restaurants, and an email about rainbow gifts, which was a very, very cute email. In the second half of the show, I'll read some Apple reviews and talk in depth about some interesting tweets you all shared with me. And at the end of the show, I have two asks for you. So there were a lot of Discord comments about our corporate pride and pinkwashing episode that we did with Dr. Eric Servini and the hosts of the Diking Out podcast. Um, I'm going to read some of them because it sparked just a, a huge discussion that I really enjoyed. So for Discord, I don't read your username unless you tell me to, but this person does link to a website, so you might be able to figure out who it is. So this person wrote, I live in a city with a big pride parade and a lot of pride-themed events. Everything from Pride Night at a baseball stadium to rainbow rollouts for the skate community. No cops, ofs. Some are corporate, some are grassroots. I love it all. I'm an elementary teacher and get the corporate pride swag, Sharpie off the logo, and give them out to my kids. I love answering why there are suddenly rainbows everywhere in June. I don't love that rainbow capitalism overshadows supporting queer small businesses like local artists and the like, shameless self-promo, abbyneal.com, A-B-B-Y-N-E-A-L-E.com. I would love to support my local queer neighbors during Pride. So many queer people work for themselves to carve out a safe space for themselves or the case of older queer folks were not accepted in the corporate world. Thank you so much for this comment. It did make me smile thinking about you explaining why there's rainbows everywhere in June to your students. That's very, very cute, especially um, when trans kids are so under attack. So, and, and gay kids, all LGBTQ kids. So um, that was a really lovely email. Thank you. Okay, this person had some thoughts about cops at Pride. Of course, queer folks who happen to be cops are welcome to attend events in their regular clothes. I think having a uniformed police presence makes the event less welcoming to POC and others who are typically mistreated by the police. I'm a white cis woman whose appearance doesn't immediately suggest that I'm queer. So I'm far from the expert on the subject, but if my own experiences with police make me uncomfortable around them, even from my place of relative privilege, I can't imagine that's better for anyone more likely to be targeted. Yes, we did bring up cops at Pride. I asked all three of our guests about it. Um, and we talked about the history of Stonewall and the riots and why Cops at Pride is in uniform is not in line with the spirit and history and context for Pride. So this is another person commenting on that. It's largely due to how Pride originated as a protest against the mistreatment of queer people at the hands of the police. And to see some cops be included in Pride feels antithetical to the spirit of Pride slash queer liberation, especially since police haven't exactly improved on the front of brutalizing people. So yes, this person explained what I just said, but probably in a, be in a better, more intelligent way. So this is a comment that someone left about the pinkwashing episode. They said, this episode was great, by the way. I love to read compliments, so thank you for saying so. Makes me simultaneously annoyed how corporate pride events have become, but also awkwardly looking forward to them at the same time, since I have no idea what my local LGBT community is like after two years of social distancing for COVID, and also just not being very involved with it before then. I'm hoping I can find some smaller, more local things that are less commercial, but unlikely they will not run into the police presence or wrong messaging issues. Oh my God, get out there! After two years, go find community. Go find the queers that that match what you want to change in society or do with your life or talk about or think about. What a fun, exciting time for you. This is the start of something really beautiful. 
Um, so this person wrote, first time poster, used to work in defense. We had a pride flag raising ceremony here in the U.S. offices, but definitely not the ones in the Middle East or Poland. There was a lot of discussion that we shouldn't do it at all in case we had foreign customers coming in that day. We used to walk in the local pride parades, but I don't believe that is allowed anymore. The ones near us banned defense-related companies from the events. Also, the sliding scale for the Boston Pride Parade had a for-profit company at our size cost over 10k to walk. This was more than our whole ERG budget, so we couldn't do any other events. But we did get to do the one event that was visible and could invite leadership to. I know this probably isn't the target audience, but I want to shout out the Modern Military Association of America if you want to try to find queer-specific military spousal support, or if you need help navigating the ever-changing rules of what it is to be out in the military. Thank you so much for writing that. Um, That is not a perspective that I have or that we have talked on the show about in specific queer terms. We did do an amazing interview with my sister-in-law, Amber DeChambeau, talking about her time in the Navy. You can go and listen to that. It was about places that pay for your school. So whether that's an organization or a job or the military. My sister-in-law was able to go to med school quote unquote, for free by being in the Navy. She did have to give up 14 years of her life uh, and sail on a boat six months every year, but she was able to not have any student loans to become a radiologist. You can go listen to that episode. I found it super, super interesting. So this is the final comment from the Discord about pride. Uh, And this person said, Now I also need to send this to every LGBT friend to yell at them because why am I learning about the Ikea bisexual couch from the personal finance podcast? Uh, If you don't know, go back and listen to our interview with Diking Out in the Corporate Pride episode. We do talk about the Ikea bisexual couch. Just Google it. It's so much to explain. Um, And it sounds fake, but I promise you it's real. Let's read an email about feminist restaurants. Dear Gabby, Thank you for this week's episode on corporate pride with Dr. Eric Cervini. I especially appreciate the mention of Lillian Faderman. In the episode, you and Eric both discussed the importance of knowing LGBTQ history. You both also touched on the topic of lesbian bars and lesbian businesses and queer businesses at large. This inspired me to touch base about my talking on the show about my work on lesbian feminist restaurants and queer and trans women's business history. My book, Ingredients for Revolution, is coming out this fall. But I also have a zine on how to start a feminist restaurant, which is a how-to guide. Ingredients for Revolution will be available in paperback as well as open access, which means readers can read it online for free, made possible by some publishing grants I won. I've spent the last 11 years studying topics related to the book that might be of interest to your listeners. What does it mean for a business to be lesbian, queer, or feminist? What are some of the financial challenges for these businesses? What strategies and forms of resilience have LGBTQ folks used to overcome these financial challenges? What historical LGBTQ businesses teach us about LGBTQ finances slash starting and running businesses today? Are there generational differences between LGBTQ businesses of the past, especially lesbian and queer women spaces, and the queer businesses of today? I'd love to be able to chat with you and your listeners about this topic. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Yes, Alex, I would love to have you on the show. I'm going to follow up on this email. But if you are listening to this and you're a listener, let me know if uh, how you feel about this topic. If you yourself run a queer business, I am very interested in the idea of a feminist restaurant and a lesbian restaurant and what all that means in terms of business and capital. So yes, this is a future guest. But if anyone has questions that you want me to ask this guest, please write in and I will ask them. Okay, this is a very cute email from Jessica, and it says, 
Hi, Gabby. I just listened to your corporate pride pinkwashing episode and was cracking up about the rainbow gifts discussion. My four-year-old daughter is obsessed with rainbows right now. Attached is a photo of her rainbow birthday cake from last month that I made. Super proud of that. And then attached is a beautiful cake with marshmallow clouds that is so cute. So good job, Jessica. She's also quite the artist and rainbows play a prominent role in her art. She loves to make drawings and paintings for people for gifts and just recently gave her gay aunts a large rainbow painting on canvas. I know this isn't the kind of crappy rainbow gifts you all were talking about, but it gave me a laugh. And they know it is definitely made for them with love. Thanks for making your show. I always look forward to listening. Jessica. Rainbow gifts are silly, but if they're coming from a child who loves you, they're not silly. Okay, up next, I'm going to read some Apple reviews and talk in depth about some interesting tweets you sent me. And then at the end of the show, I have two asks. Okay, so let's read a couple nice Apple reviews. If you leave a five-star review, I will read it on the show. Please go to Apple and leave a five-star review. I mean it. Please, please, please. This is a review from Shenanigans, and it says Zillow Ep, which is an episode we did about Zillow. Five stars for I'm not an expert, I'm just suspicious, which is, I guess, a thing I said and honestly could be the thesis of this entire show. I'm not an expert, I'm just suspicious. Um, So thank you for that review. This is a review that's five stars. Love, love every episode. Even when I'm skeptical if a topic will be interesting, I always end up wishing the ep had been longer. Gabby is an incredible host and interviewer, and this show has caused me to take control of my life and also proselytize to my friends constantly about everything I learn. P.S. I've been a huge fan of Gabby since Tumblr, since episode one of JBU, since they were posting videos on YouTube titled Bisexual Problems that got like 50 views. Okay, you don't need to read me. That video got a lot of views. Anyway, and I always knew they would be huge famous and I was right. Okay, that's kind of nice. Anyway, I'm so glad so many more people get to see, hear, read your work. Thank you, Gab3124578. That was a very lovely review. Uh, Even though some of the compliments were backhanded and then some of them were over the top. Am I huge famous? I don't know, but... That's the sort of roller coaster of a review that I'm looking for from you guys. So please leave a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. Okay, now I want to talk about two sets of tweets that you guys sent me. One is from at Pat Dennis, and it says, sick of people calling everything in crypto a Ponzi scheme. Some crypto projects are pump and dump schemes, while others are pyramid schemes. Others are just standard issue fraud. Others are just middlemen skimming off the top. Stop glossing over the diversity in the industry. And then uh, this person continued, To the misguided people who fall into crypto because they are simply tech optimists looking for a place where tech optimism is normal, there are better places out there for you. Places that are driven by the inevitably doomed financial incentives. Okay, so I wanted to read this because we have two crypto episodes coming up soon. One about NFTs and one about crypto. Um, I'm very excited for those. I'm not as cynical as this at Pat Dennis fellow, but that made me laugh that you guys had sent that tweet to me because we have like so much coming up about crypto and so much coming up about NFTs. And I'm so sorry if that is annoying to you, but just just put on your your big person pants and get ready for, the, for this. Um, I am A, fascinated and B, so out of my depth. So I hope you guys enjoy those episodes that are coming up. And then this is another tweet that you guys sent that's from at Mr. Drubles, and it says, WTF, 
Why did I not know I could take out a loan for my 401k, then pay back myself along with interest going to myself rather than a bank or a credit card company? So I don't know if that's true, but that was a wild thing to read. Um, I know a lot of you have told me that you've left jobs and forgotten to go back and get your 401k. So actually, this is a reminder. Ding, ding, ding. If you left a job and never checked if you took your 401k with you, go do that immediately now. Stop the show and do it or just wait till the show is over. Thank you so much for writing in, everyone. I want to remind you guys that every Wednesday morning, I have a show at 8 a.m. on an app called AMP where I talk about gay stuff. Use my code D-U-N-N to get in. The app is free. Uh, You can come call in and talk to me all about money stuff if you want to. Um, And then here are my two asks. One, send me stories about spending money on your pets. Email me them. I'll say the email below in a second. But... Um, email me any story about spending money on a pet and if it went balls to the walls for you. And then two, I'm looking for stories about medical tourism. If you are someone who has traveled for medical procedures, please write in. So this is where you should send those emails. Gabby is bad with money at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities too. We are on Instagram, Discord, TikTok, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. That's right. If you listen the day it drops, the show is more likely to get on the charts. Please, please, please. Also, leave a five-star review. I mean it. If you're listening right now and you want to do me a favor and you love me, please leave a five-star review. Please. Okay, thank you. I love you. Bye. Bye.